You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Welcome to the Pirate History Podcast. This is episode number one, an introduction. Thank you for listening. My name is Matt. On this, our very first episode, I don't want to just jump right in. I'd like to offer a little bit of an introduction to myself, as well as the podcast. I'm going to talk about what I hope to accomplish over the course of this podcast, as well as what we're going to cover. Very first thing, though, I'd like to ask something of you. I'd like you to close your eyes. Close your eyes and picture a pirate. What is it that you see? Now, I can make some assumptions about what many of you might see. For some of you, it might be a young man with long curling locks, perhaps sun-darkened skin. Maybe he's holding a cutlass or a flintlock pistol pointed at you. For some people, you might see an older man, ravaged from years at sea. He might be missing an eye, or perhaps missing a leg, or maybe he's got a hook for a hand. See, for me, when I close my eyes and picture a pirate, what I see is Captain James Hook. He was my very first pirate in any form of media. Of course, Peter Pan is an introduction to pirates for many children and has been for many, many years. And I think that Captain Hook embodies something. See, he's not exactly a gentleman. You probably wouldn't call him distinguished. But you know that he's got... A certain amount of manners. He speaks like he's somewhat educated. He's got a very, almost a lordly villain aspect to him. And I think for a lot of people, that's what they picture as a pirate. However, for many young people today, they're probably picturing something more like Captain Jack Sparrow. Some people still picture Long John Silver when they think about a pirate. Now, of course, all of these pirates, well, they're not actual historical figures. These are all fictional people, from works of literature or film or wherever it is that you happen to encounter them. I think that pirates are so ingrained into our pop culture that they've turned into really something almost mythological. I wonder if some kids believe they really exist, or are they just stories that people tell? Because, of course, all three of the examples I gave, they're not real pirates, but they're caricatures of pirates from a very real time and place. That time and place, of course, is the Caribbean around the beginning of the 1700s. When you talk about pirates of the Caribbean, that's what you're talking about. And that's what most people, at least in the West, picture when they think about a pirate. 
Now, of course, there have been pirates for millennia. You know, as long as mankind has been on the ocean, somebody somewhere has wanted to steal whatever it is they've got with them. You've got pirates in ancient Greece and ancient Rome. You've got pirates in China and the Southeast Asian region for, for about as long as you can think of. There were, of course, many very famous and very dastardly Muslim pirates that roamed the Mediterranean for many, many years. Of course, when people think about a pirate, that's not what they think of. They think of a man carrying 18th century arms on an 18th century ship, threatening the empires of that early 18th century period. They have a picture of an almost cartoony caricature many times. Now, you could say that this is just because that's what people have seen the movies and read the books about, but the reality is that all of these pictures in pop culture come from, well, a few, but really one single act of a writer in history. Now, we don't know really who that writer was. The name under which he was published was Captain Charles Johnson. Now, there have been several people that have said he is this writer or that writer. However, those theories have largely been debunked at this point. But Captain Charles Johnson wrote a book in the mid-1700s called A General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates. Now, that book did more to influence how we see pirates than any other work of fiction or literature ever has. Men like Robert Louis Stevenson, they read that book, and the people that they created in their works of fiction, well, they're almost all based on the captains that are written about in this book, A General History. That book has really done more to influence how we see pirates than anything else in our modern world today. And that's why I want to... Well, during this podcast, I'm going to cover what's called in that book, and has been called ever since, The Golden Age of Piracy. That covers the years from about 1700 to about 1725 or so. You see, that era, there are many inconsistencies in that book with the actual history as it's known to us today, so it's almost as much a work of fiction as anything else, but it's really the best primary source we have for a lot of these things. So I'm going to try and debunk a lot of the myths that pop culture has given us about pirates from that period of time, pirates who are noble creatures that are really just struggling against oppressive forces, and try to remind people that pirates were violent and cruel. In many cases, they did horrible, horrible things. At the same time, there were pirates who saw themselves as Robin Hoods of the high seas. They prided themselves on not killing anyone unnecessarily. Of course, people had to die from time to time. They prided themselves on never offending a woman's honor, as some of them said. Now, these pirates are people you can look up to, but in many cases, these aren't the most famous pirates out there. Not even the most interesting pirates out there. So I'm going to take a look at the pop culture and the questionable histories. But more importantly, I want to try to look at the reality of the pirates of the Caribbean during the golden age of piracy. And I don't want to just tell the stories of these pirates. I could jump right in and tell you the story of Blackbeard the pirate and everything that we know that he did and many of the things that people have guessed that he did. And that would be a perfectly interesting story. But it's not the whole story. Hello all, Eric Rivenis with the Most Notorious Podcast here. 
Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow. Before I get into all of that, I want to take a few steps back. I want to look at a few issues, and believe me, I'm going to take these issues in very broad strokes, but a few issues that really shaped the world in which the pirates found themselves. I'm going to look at things like the Age of Discovery. You know, the age, as it's called today, that brought people from Europe to the West Indies in the first place. The colonization of the Americas, the Caribbean, Mexico. These are all huge, epic, and highly interesting stories, but I'm just going to give a very rough picture of them, because to go in-depth into any of them would take an entire podcast in and of itself. I'm going to look at things like that, as well as a lot of stories of kings and queens that shaped the world in which we find the pirates. There's also going to be a lot of question of religion, because many of these pirates were highly religious men. In however they saw themselves, they may have broken every one of the Ten Commandments, but they saw themselves as, in many cases, fighting for something of a religious cause. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the wars that shaped them, the rulers that they were fighting against, and the world in which they found themselves. I want you to understand not just the politics and the religion, but also kind of the day-to-day life of what it might have been like to be not just a pirate and not just a captain, but even the people that were living in the places that were affected by this. Beyond all that, beyond trying to distinguish the fantasy from the reality, and I intend to talk about both, beyond telling the stories of the very real men and women in the world we're talking about, well, I want to pull the camera back and look not just at the forces that influenced the pirates in the world, but also the influences they had on the world in which we find ourselves today. I think that piracy... Well, these were lower-class men, mostly, that still lived in a world in which they were ruled by kings and queens and lords and popes. And many of them, in the West Indies, detached from the systems of control that they had lived under their whole lives, found a place and a time where they were able to say, hell no, I'm not going to put up with that anymore. Many of them just rebelled against it and decided to try and make a life, stealing as much as they could and living as richly as possible. But for some of them, it was really almost an open act of rebellion. They were trying to not just tear down the old orders, but really build something new for themselves. So you'll find that, well, I'm a fan of rebels. I like people who say no to the old order and who decide to try and fight it as hard as possible and try to build something beautiful. Some of my favorite historical figures of all time, well, we're actually going to be able to talk about in this book, and they are some of the greatest rebels that we've ever heard of. Men like Martin Luther... Women like Queen Elizabeth, who I think is a fantastic rebel. A woman becoming one of the most powerful monarchs in Europe at a time when it was very much a man's game. Without the backing of the Catholic Church, in fact, in defiance of the Catholic Church, I think that qualifies her as a great rebel. We're even going to get to men like Thomas Jefferson a long way from now, who could be considered, obviously, one of the greater rebels of all time. And that's kind of the the theme of this whole podcast. You see... It would be 
difficult to say that pirates began the first democracy since ancient times, but it wouldn't be totally out of the question to say that they influenced it. You see, so many of these men had grown up in royal navies, one of the most stratified places on earth, where your class absolutely dictated what you were going to be doing every minute of every day. And they wound up on pirate ships, places where, in some cases, they were almost entirely democratic. Even the captains on some of these ships were only captains during times of battle. At other times, they would be having councils and taking votes on their course of action where every person had an equal say in what was going to happen to that crew. There were even pirates, the older and more influential pirates, who had tried to take this democratic principle that they'd enacted on their ships and move it off the ships and onto land. You see, they did this at the port of Nassau, where they really tried to begin something that could almost be called a proto-republic. Now, this was a very grave threat to the old European empires, who all had their meeting place in the Caribbean. There were, obviously, many Spanish settlements. There were English settlements, French, Dutch, anybody else who had an island in the Caribbean. They were all meeting there and intermingling. And right in the middle of all of that, there was this little port on this little island in the Bahamas where a group of rough and uncouth men in a very couth age had decided that they were going to disregard the old order and try and start something where everybody had a voice. They even, for the time, this was extraordinarily radical. The men all had a voice, but even the women had a voice there. It was not exactly gender equal, but it was a lot closer than anything else in the world knew at that time. Even, to some extent, the natives and Africans had something of a voice, more than they did anywhere else in the world, where they were either exterminated or enslaved. This was a threat to everybody in Europe. Now, of course, the major threat was the fact that they were intercepting their goods and their gold and that they were disrupting trade, but they definitely knew and they were very much aware that this movement was gaining strength and they had to do everything in their power to stop it. And they did. The English, in particular, although the Spanish did their part and tried to quash it themselves, the Dutch and the French also, well, they all sent out many, many troops on many, many ships to do everything they could to stop this proto-democratic movement. They knew what a threat it represented. And they had to do everything they could to make sure that nobody ever in the New World would think like that again. Of course, only about 50 years later, there was a group of very genteel men in North America who decided that they had similar leanings. So that's kind of an overarching idea that we're going to be working with. We're also going to be getting into the real nitty-gritty about these pirates. I've gone through many, many primary sources and a few secondary sources, and I'm going to try and give the best accounts I can. Some of it will be actual quantifiable fact, and some of it's going to be a little bit more in the area of myth. You know, if I'm talking about somebody like Blackbeard, well, he had a very intriguing death, according to many of the myths about him, that obviously can't be true. But we're going to talk about that, because when you're talking about pirates, the myth is half of the fun, right? So, before I end this episode today, I do think it's important that you know a little bit about me. First and foremost... I am most assuredly a landlubber. I am 
by no means an accomplished sailor. In fact, I've only been out of sight of land a few times in my life, and I know next to nothing about how to handle a sailing vessel. So I've tried to read up and I've tried to educate myself as much as possible on really what it takes to be a sailor. And I'm hoping that I'm not going to make any terrible mistakes for any of you out there that still see sailing as a a very loved hobby or even a way of life. If I do, feel free to comment and correct me, and I'll try and correct that in a later episode. The same goes for any historical inaccuracies I may let slip out of my mouth. If I've learned anything while I've been reading and learning about history, it's that, well, people love to argue about historical fact. Of course, this show isn't going to be entirely based around historical fact. There's going to be a lot of things that are both fiction and myth in there. But if there's anything that I say that can be proved differently, please let me know. I'd love to correct it at a later episode. Anyway, I think for now that's enough to really get you started. I hope that this is something that you'd like to learn more about, because it's certainly something that I enjoyed learning and talking about as much as possible. Next week, we're not going to jump right into the pirates quite yet. That's going to take just a little while. I think it's important to have some background about the people and places we're going to be talking about so that you get the clearest picture I can give. We're going to start off by talking about the dawn of the Age of Discovery. That was a time when intrepid, brave, and often violent men traveled from Europe west into the Atlantic Ocean to see what they would find. This led to some of the greatest discoveries some of the greatest innovations, and also some of the most horrible atrocities in all of human history. I'm going to try to not back away from any of the realities, be they glorious or be they terrifying. Next week, we're going to be talking about men like Henry the Navigator, Christopher Columbus, and of course, the Conquistadors. I hope you'll join us. Our theme music was, as always, The Old Captain by the fantastic band Brillig. If you're enjoying a pirate history podcast, why not go on over and check them out at brillig.com.au. That's B-R-I-L-L-I-G dot com dot A-U. After you're done over there, why not check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thepiratehistorypodcast or follow us on Twitter at Black Flagcast. Give us a like, follow us, we really appreciate everything. I hope to hear from you next week. Tonight